Bonjour. 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 Croissant. Baguette. Welcome you, to... You got, a, to what? you got a frog in your throat there, mister? What the hell? I'm gonna put a frog in your throat. That wasn't sexual. That don't make it sexual. Freezing, Tony! Don't, don't make it weird. That's disgusting. Don't make it weird. You're gross. Well, you're the one that doesn't like frogs, so... Gich. Baguette. And welcome to... <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not gonna have any French listeners after this. Oh, God. Hey, you did that, so... So... Welcome to Tall and Short with Tim and Tony. No, you're Tim. Yeah, I'm Tim. You're Tim, and I'm a Tony. Okay, it sounds like he's, a, he's Tim and he's Tony, but that works. I'm Tim. <laughs> ah! I'm just, I'm just sitting here. And ah. I knew you were. It's going to be a weird one. <laughs> gonna be a weird one man how is this not gonna be a weird one we're all this is all nothing but weird ones so stop trying to bring logic into this dude don't do that shut up we don't do we don't do logic here now we don't do normal conversations we've established that yes that's in the tagline that's in our description so uh i'm i'm talking horribly americanized french uh because emphasis on horribly yeah I took French one and two once. It's barely passed. I had to bribe someone to pass, but you know, whatever. Jesus. It's not my fault that the teacher made me use logic with her. I mean, that's on you. I'm going to start this before we start this. <laughs> French one, I had like a 58 in college. I walked up the teacher like the last, like the day of the. After we got done with the final, like that day, I was like, just so you know, you can either pass me or I could be back in here again for French 1 and then I have to do French 2 the next semester. Oy vey. Magically, that final bumped up to a 61. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Ah, you're terrible. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I promised puppies. Yes. I promised puppies. And I promised the check didn't bounce this time, but unfortunately... Once again. What's your excuse this time, sir? Apparently it didn't recognize my signature. I don't know how. I mean, I did the right thing. Apparently Harkins isn't enough anymore. That's the wrong name. So puppies. Puppies. Where's the the cue with the puppies? You meant... You had a French poodle and then a Weimar Reimer, if I'm not mistaken. Wisconsin Weimar Reimer. Weimar Reimer. Fucking hell. No listeners in France or Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to... Our French one we're going to discuss um, is probably top five. Another one of my top five favorite cryptids, historical creatures. Oh, hellhound puppy? Okay. Well, almost. Oh. The Beast of Gévaudon. Hey, you said it right. I know, right? Context to that comment. Since I was like 10 years old and I got my first monster book, you know, Bigfoot and Yeti, all that, I have been pronouncing the Beast of Gévaudan as the Beast of Gavadian. There's no eyes in there. But yeah, I've been pronouncing it as Gavadian since I can remember and my brain just refuses to let that that die so if i let that slip that is why 
Anyway, the Beast of Jevaldon is a uh, allegedly a man-eating animal or animals that terrorize the former province of Jevaldon, consisting of the modern-day department of Lozia and part of Holaire in the Margeride Mountains of south central France. Okay. Between 1764 and 1767. 1764 and 1767. So a three-year just... Reign. A a three-year reign of terror. Mm. Not to be confused with the reign of terror. Uh, So, yeah. uh, Puppies. (laughs) I like puppies, but I'm 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 a little bit worried about these types of puppies. This puppy, at least. Uh. I'll give a little bit of background and parameters of where this all happened. The attacks covered an area spanning around 56 to f- 56 by 50 miles squared. So pretty large area. Yeah, it's a good sizable chunk. And for our non-American listeners, 90 by 80 kilometers. That's still take. fairly sizable. Yeah. Like that's a <clears> really well, that's, good that's just yeah, that's foreigny sounding. That's a good chunk of that is a good chunk of land. The attacks were said to have been committed by one or more beasts of a tawny russet color, so fall brownish, dead leaf color sort of thing. Okay. With dark streak stripes or slash stripes and a dark strip down its back and a tail longer than a wolf's, ending in a tuft according to contemporary eyewitnesses. A tuft of fur on the end of a tail? Yeah. Kind of like a lion sounds like it. Tail or a hyena. Or the hyena. Or, yeah, any one of those kind of creatures. It was said to attack with formidable teeth and claws and appeared to be the size of a calf or cow and seemed to fly or bound across fields towards its victims. Yeesh. These descriptions from the period could identify the beast as a young lion, a striped hyena, a large wolf, a large dog, or a wolf dog. It's a dog! It's a wolf! It's a wolf dog! They just they ran out of options. Right. But the identity isn't still set in stone, set in concrete, so it's still kind of in the air on debate in to modern times on the species. Yeah. But this creature became such a, uh, what's the French for ass? A pain in the, a pain in the rump. Derriere. Derriere. Used a con- the Kingdom of France got so annoyed with this thing and so distraught about it. It used a considerable amount of wealth and manpower to hunt the animals responsible, including the resources of several nobles, soldier, soldiers, royal huntsmen, and civilians. So given that given that the Kingdom of France had to get involved in hunting this thing down, and it took three years. Yeah. Take a guess at the number of attacks. I can only imagine like it had to be quite a lot, because it's all of them trying to make their name, stake their claim in the history books. So I can only imagine hundreds. Of attacks? Yeah. 210. Um, a study in 1987 estimated, resulting in 113 deaths and 49 injuries. Jeez. 98 of the victims killed were partly eaten. Other sources, other sources from varying studies Claimed animal or animals killed between 60 to 100 adults and children and injured more than 30. So, still in the realm of not great. Mm. 
I'm actually looking at uh, the location that this is all in. Mm -hmm. ah, very beautiful. Oh, very, yeah. very beautiful well, like, city. There, there's not a bad-looking part of France, really. It's Even very, the catacombs are pretty to a degree. Very beautiful. Very <clears> mountainous. <throat> like, something I wouldn't expect. I've, I've never traveled abroad, and I would love to sometime. This is very beautiful. But you're engaged. How have you not traveled abroad or two? Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. I had that. to do it. It was there. You I, left it sitting there yeah. on the table. Yeah, no. I left the, I left the nice, fresh, warm cookies sitting there on the table, and you went and grabbed one. Because I'm a midget. You grabbed the whole plate, what you did. Yeah. So, yeah. Somewhere, the nicer estimates, at least 90 attacks, higher-end kills, or higher-end number of attacks, over 200. Yeah. So, a pretty tight number, so there's a pretty good, it, it's accurate-ish, to a degree. Hmm. But, the Beast of Gévaudon committed its first recorded attack in the early summer of 1764. A young woman that was tending cattle in the Mercoy, Mercois forest near the town of Lagong. Uh, Langnon. 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 In the eastern part of Gévaudan. There it is. I did it. You First said one. It. There needs to be a counter for that. Jevadon saw a beast like, quote unquote, like a wolf, yet not a wolf, end quote, run towards her. However, the bulls in the herd charged the beast, keeping it at bay. They drove it off after it attacked a second time. Shortly afterwards, on June 30th, the beast's first official victim was recorded. 14-year-old Jean... Bule was killed near the village of Lehobach on July first. Let's see. So you 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 owned you owned uh, cattle. You owned bull. You owned oh cattle. yeah. Uh, do they do they ever do they ever um, toss around a coyote or something that tried to come into the? Funny story. Because you're because they're bringing about this this dog like creature came running up and then got spooked off by the so story time by bulls. So, my family raised Longhorns, Texas Longhorns, and we also had four horses and two miniature mules, which we used as protection because mules are violently defensive about their herd creatures that they live with. So that's why they have mules on farms. Yep. Fair they enough. They are giant security. Fair enough. And the way our house overlooked the field that we had them, you know, fenced in. We had a patch of trees, a clearing that you could see into the field, and then another patch of trees. And I was heading down to feed them one morning, or one afternoon, and I'm getting food in the buckets, and I'm going to walk out there, and I see a small little, you know, it was a coyote, but a small brown blur just run from between one patch to the other patch of trees. It was like a scene from Looney Tunes. Yeah. Like he wasn't running... my line of sight i saw it between the two trees and then i see two, the two mules mm -hmm. and then i see my four horses <laughs> and then at our peak we had i think 40 head of cattle uh-huh i see our probably ton and a half texas longhorn bull and his little brother who was bigger than him steer behind him and then i saw all the female cattle and then I saw all the calves. Just, it, and it was almost timed to the T. It was coyote, mini mules, 
horses, bull, steer, the wrestler. <laughs> it's like now I'm now I'm now I'm now I'm now I'm thinking of the Benny Hill thing. Just yeah. like the hallway <laughs> scenes for Scooby Doo, like running from door to door and popping up and different. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh God, they're Keystone Copsing <clears throat> this. I love it. I can see it right now in my head. Ah. But. And yeah, this will be a tangent for a minute. Pardon me. And I, then there goes I, then there goes your dad chasing after the calves. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> just no, that one last no, person. It's that one last person running. This is just going to become funny funny stories from the farm episode. Oh God, I love it. But to answer your question, yes, I think I told you we had a neighbor that yes. had a big. F three fifty monstrously bulky truck. Yes, and that's how they and they had the really big cattle guard. The, yeah, you you told me that you told yeah. me that one when we did the uh, when we when we the did giant animals. I think it was not giant animals. It was like giant animals or the I forgot what it was. I I was listening. I had to listen yeah. to it to edit it. I think anyway, it was the that story. Yes, that was his bull. Yep. Our steer. When we moved from the property, we sold the cattle to yep. the next owners. Our bull Snowy was a big bulky boy. Yeah, he was a chonk. As as the as the Gen Zers or whatever the heck the newest one is yep. call him, chonka boy. Waffle was a different breed. <laughs> Waffle was tall and buff, and as of the last time I saw him, he was on course to be a Guinness World Record holding tip to tip length horns. Yeah, you mentioned this in that in that same episode too. Yeah. Waffle uprooted a fucking tree once. Yep. And upended our corral that was made specifically for Longhorns. Oh, wait, I know why we talked about that. I know how we talked about that. We were talking about that uh, during during the Fairy Flag episode. Yeah. Because I was talking about the cattle that were being affected. Yeah. And how cattle are stupid tough mm-hmm. because they know they are. Yeah. And Texas Longhorns are some of the toughest breed of creatures. They can survive drought. They they survive Oklahoma droughts and blizzards, for God's sakes. But yeah, to answer the question, yes, a bull will absolutely beat the fuck out of an animal. So, I can only imagine that. So this this, uh, cow herder, she definitely, uh, she got lucky. She got lucky. The first victim, the Jean Belay, did not so much unfortunately not for this for this young girl she was buried unfortunately without sacraments because she could not confess before her death yeah no which so with ca- catholics yeah. last last rites and everything yeah. just to clear yourself before mm. you go to before you pass on however the burial certificate specifies that she was killed by the ferocious beast so they so they knew something happened so something is afoot. Which suggested that she was not the first victim, but only the first declared. Oh boy. That's, so. that, that is definitely like, the ferocious beast has finally gotten her. Why am I going British? The ferocious beast has gotten her. There we go. Much, there we go. Much better. Not, now you're not the only one offending the French. Yeah, I got French heritage. But even. Yeah, the, it's the mustache. Oh no, like full on. Like I have French blood on my. I actually have French blood. I mean, I've seen you run away from fi- from scary things. I'm just going to look away now. At least I ran there. A second victim. 
Giggle, giggle. A second victim. God damn it. Was reported on August 8th, same age, 14. Lived in the hamlet of... Would you like me to assist with some of these words? I don't mind. Masmajon. 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 Actually, probably Mamajon. The S is sometimes Oh, yeah, it is silent, isn't it? Mamajon. In the parish of Poleray. Poleron. Poleron. These two victims were killed in the Alia Valley. Okay. From the end of August and in September, other victims were recorded in the, in the Mercois forest or its surroundings. Throughout the remainder of 1764, more attacks were reported in the region. Obviously, back in the 1700s, you know, word spreads like that. Terror starts gripping like a freaking plague. Mm, and, te- and fear is a very excellent motivator. Scared the populace because the beast was repeatedly preying on lone men, women, and children as they tended livestock in the forest around Javadon. So it wasn't going after the it wasn't going after the cattle, it was going after people? My thought is it was going after the cattle, humans intervened, tried to distract it, scare it off, and it went after that target. And once after it realized, oh, those are easy targets, it snapped and became that. I mean, possibly. I mean, if I was putting myself in the in the furry foot feet of a animal like a wolf or something, big ass stocky bull, yeah, or you know, pink little quick meal to get a little quick meal, yeah, or a quick meal that ain't gonna put up a fight, yeah, we go with that. Because cattle, it takes a hot minute to take down a cow, mm-hmm. but if you want to take down a human, you just gotta get the neck and you're good to go. And that's the beast. Reports note that the beast seemed to only target the victim's head or neck regions. Hmm. Some witnesses claimed that supernatural abilities could walk on its hind legs and feet like humans. Believed it, believed it performed supernaturally astounding leaps. When did Spring Hill Jack get in here? Right. <laughs> I mean, we just brought him back. What the hell? I also believed the beast could repel bullets and come back from the dead. Ugh. <laughs> course all right so we've pretty much made this creature likely into a freaking werewolf yeah grand december late december 1764 rumors began circulating it was more than just one it was a pair of animals there's always another one yeah because there was such a high number of attacks in such a short space of time it's never twins though and most of the attacks appeared to have occurred or were reported nearly at the same time some accounts suggest the creature was seen with another such animal or that was reported with its young. Uh-huh. So there's allegedly one, two, now a whole population of them. And that's even scarier. Yeah. So, New Year's Eve day, December 31st, 1764, the Bishop of Mende, Gabriel Flore de Chaucel Beaupre, didn't Bertrand that as badly as I thought. Yeah, let's see, yeah. Gabriel Florent de Chassoul Popre. Also known as Count of Gévaudon, called for prayers and penis. Penance. Penance. I forget. Called for prayers and penis. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> hey, you said it, not me. Whip like, your dicks out at it. It'll scare it away. <laughs> dicks out for Harambe? Well, this episode's cursed. All right, moving on. Delete this one. Let's start over. <laughs> uh, I'm not even gonna. No, 
Nope. Don't say it. This appeal has remained in history under the name of Commandment of the Bishop of Mende. All the priests of the diocese had to announce it to their faithful. In this long text, the bishop described the be- the beast as a scourge sent by God to punish men for their sins. Of course. Ah, a scourge of God. He quoted St. Augustine in invoking the justice of God, as well as the Bible and divine threats uttered by Moses. Lord. I will arm the teeth of wild beasts against them. At the end of this commandment, prayers of... Forty hours were recited by three consecutive Sundays, or four three consecutive Sundays. <laughs> I mean, whatever not hel- for not. <laughs> I mean, whatever helps you sleep at night. Yeah, not for not. Uh, ain't no one committing to that kind of prayer marathon nowadays. Uh, yeah, not for nothing. Like, legitimately, prayer's not going to do anything. They're gonna, just going to hop right so, into... Despite the hopes and prayers, in spite of the divine pleas, the massacre continued... <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Or I did. I'm not even. Nope. Nope. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> nope. On January 12th, 1765, Jacques Porfa. It'd be Jacques. Jacques. God damn it. Jacques. Portefix. Maybe I'll just pronounce him like that. Just really butcher him. Just go full American with it. Ah, my man. Jacques Porfa. Por favor, and seven children from the village of Velleray in the parish of Chanalet were attacked by the beast. After several attacks, they drove it away by staying grouped together. Oh, you know, you gotta have numbers. I mean, ruled one of scary movies. Don't separate the group. That is a massive truth. Rule one of D and D. Don't separate the team or the party. And yeah, that's sometimes when the best shenanigans are had. That's why you don't separate the party. Exactly. Shenanigans. Shenanigans are great. The encounter eventually came to the attention of King Louis the Fifteenth, who awarded three hundred livres. Livre, liver, liver. He awarded three hundred livers. Oh God! To Portefeuille and another three hundred and fifty livres to be shared among his companions. The king also rewarded Portefeuille with an education at the state's expense. All right, so he's so. Uh, all righty. He did. He did a good deed. He then decreed that the French state would help find and kill the beast. So looks like so and now. So the hunt begins. The a literal federal hunt. Yep. In February 11th, in the parish of Lemazou, a 12-year-old, about 12-year-old little girl who had been partly devoured on present day by a man-eating beast that has been ravaging this country for nearly three months. Three months. So that was basically Louis' uh, declaration. Yeah. For in. Uh, explanation for funding a federal wolf hunt. I mean, if you're, I mean, if children are dying, yeah, I mean, at an alarming rate, apparently, because of a foul beast or what have you. By all means, by April 1765, the story of the beast had spread throughout Europe. The Curio de Avignon and English journalists made fun of the impotence of royal power in the face of a simple animal. Ooh. So they're making fun of this guy. They're making fun of the fact that oh, you guys can't kill it, ha ha ha. Yeah, get out of here. Meanwhile, the local bishop and the intendants had to deal with an influx of mail. People from all over France suggesting more or less eccentric methods to overcome the beast. So the animal was basically getting fan mail to a degree. Oh come on! Not directly fan mail, but here's how you should try it. We shut up. You're not here. Don't no. Your input doesn't matter if you're not here to initiate it. 
court also issued depictions of the beast, saying that everyone was less terrified at his approach and less likely to be mistaken. So basically, they made wanted posters, for lack of a better term. Wanted posters for a beast. And so that packs of hunting dogs could be trained to tra- could be trained to chase the beast thanks to an effigy executed in cardboard. So they made a mock-up of it and basically trained animals to hunt that. In cardboard? Yeah. Huh. I didn't think they had cardboard as far back in the... I'm sure it wasn't exactly cardboard, but... So. The royal intervention of the hunt. The hunt, basically. The first... Or the royal hunt that was uh, state-sponsored. First Captain Duhamel of the Clermont Prince Dragoons and his troops were soon sent to Gévaudan despite being extremely zealous of wanting to get this beast in the ground, mm-hmm. dead and in the ground. <laughs> and oddly enough, there was non-cooperation on part of the local herders and farmers. So they so the farmers are like this thing's just this thing so the farmers this and herders This thing's killing us. Do not help us. <laughs> we do not want your assistance. We are we are strong independent Frenchmen. Uh, so oh, I know it's coming. Help us! Yeah, that, 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 I, I, I got nothing. So, the farmers and herders of Gévaudan were stalling Dilmal's efforts. I'm, I can only imagine they were... I don't know. I don't know why this morbidly comes to mind, but they were, like, painting their dogs up and sending them out into the woods to fuck with the Dragoon Guard. That is... that. God, okay, that's, that is insane. I can imagine that, like, that's the only thing I can think of, of stalling an entire dragoon of troops. Yeah. He reached the village of Lemazou. Still not saying that right. He was even, he was hampered even by the incompetence of his guards in the village. Uh, of course, there's always the guard incompetence. They got stalled before they got to the village and the, as the beast was crossing the Truyere River. Like, they saw it, couldn't get to it fast enough, and it disappeared in the woods. <laughs> uh, I would be pissed. It's like, there are these Yuvors, and then it runs off. Yuvors! <laughs> I can just, I would be so pissed. You idiots! Uh, I don't know what that was. No, that um, was that was definitely more Peter Lorre, like you idiot. Yeah, that was German. Louis the Fifteenth, King Louis, number fifteen. Ooh, do. Uh, wrong Louis. Uh, well, yeah, wrong Louis. Uh, sent two professional wolf hunters, Jean Charles Mark. Why do people have such ridiculously long names? If I may, I'm more than happy to. Jean Charles, John Charles Mark Antoine. Sure. And his son, Jean. <laughs> Jean-Francois. Jean-Francois. Captain Incompetency, Duhamel, uh-huh. was forced to stand down and return to his headquarters in Clermont-Ferrand. Oh, <laughs> we were so close. And was forced to cooperate with Devanel and Jean-Francois. Found it impossible as the two differed too much in their strategies. Ah, uh, why am I not surprised? So you had a professional wolf hunter telling you do this, and he was like, "No, no, we will do it my way." 
Fuck, it has not worked. Duhamel organized wolf hunting parties on his own accord, while Jean-Francois and his father believed the beast could only be shot using stealthy techniques. Sometimes the best way to catch a predator is to catch it off guard. I mean... Okay, what are you thinking here? Intrusive thoughts. Say it. The only way to catch a predator. Hi, I'm Chris Hansen. Why don't you have a cigarette? <laughs> <there? laughs> I think you were going to go there when I said it like that. It makes me think of that scene from the first Avatar movie, wherein um, Jake, Jake Sully, he's flying, and uh, he gets... And he manages to fly above. Oh, the, the big one. The, the big, big one. The big, the big bird one. Yeah. And, and like it's like that. You gotta. You truly have to get the upper hand oh, on yeah. an apex predator. And this creature, just what based on the description, apex? seems like an apex. So yeah. therefore, you have to get the upper hand. So the two wolf hunters, they kind of have because wolves are also wolves are also apex predators, like full on. Yeah. So it makes sense that you would want to do that. So, father and son, Dianaval, arrived in Clermont-Ferrand on February 17th, 1765, bringing eight bloodhounds that had been trained in wolf hunting. Yeah. Over the next four months, the pair hunted for Eurasian wolves, believing that was the culprit. Or, you know, a Eurasian wolf pack, at least, probably. Yeah. However, despite killing multiple wolves, the attacks continued. Mm Mm-hmm. In June 1765, the Dianavals were replaced by Francois Antoine, who is sometimes identified as his son, wrongly, Antoine de Baturne. So the king's sole, I'm not going to pronounce it, but basically a long gun, a hunting rifle, the king's sole long rifle bearer and lieutenant of the hunt, Francois Antoine. Um, he arrived in June. Oh, an arquebus. Arquebus, yes. An arca, an arquebusier would be the uh, user of, is the one armed with it. Yeah. So, his sniper. Okay. Basically. That's what um, that gun is. Absolutely. It's he a, arrived in the village of Le Mazou in June twenty, June sec or June twenty second. Mm-hmm. Um, August eleventh, Antoine organized a great hunt. That day saw the feet of the maid of Javadon. Marie-Jean Vallée, about 20 years old, was a servant of the parish priest of Palhach. In the company of other peasant women, she was other peasant women. She was taking a footbridge to cross a small stream when the beast appeared out of the woods. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the setting of a horror movie. Yeah, no doubt. Like it's nice. Like, I can see like you know, dark night. Uh-huh. Nah, moon is out. Not even dark night, just dusk. Dusk, even worse. That's, ter- that's more terrifying. Cause yeah. You, yeah. Because the shadows are everywhere. You're just walking mm-hmm. on a footbridge, and all of a sudden you see these glowing eyes step coming out of the woods at you. So. Ooh. Uh, get myself chills. Marie took a few steps back. Wolf used, or the beast used its supernatural leaping abilities and basically land, almost landed on her. Yep. As the story goes, the the beast or Marie managed to plant a spear into its chest when it attacked her. The beast fell into the stream under the footbridge and seemingly disappeared in, back into the woods. 
story quickly reached Antoine, King Louis' sniper. Yeah. And I'll just keep reiterating so we know who's who. He went to the scene of the incident, found the spear was indeed covered in blood, and that traces found were similar to those of the beast. Mm-hmm. A letter to St. Florentine, minister of the king's house, he compared Marie-Jeanne to the Joan of Arc and nicknamed her the Maid of Gévaudan. <laughs> That's a hell of a comparison. Being compared to Joan of Arc, absolutely. Yeah. September 20th or 21st, depending on the account, Antoine killed a large gray wolf measuring 31 inches high and 5 feet 7 inches long. For our metric system users, 80 centimeters long and 1.7 meter, or 80 centimeters high, 1.7 meters long. That's... It's a good sized doggo. 1.8 meter, 1.8 centimeters. Meters. Meters, yeah. Yeah, 1.7, 1.8-ish. Yeah, that is a, that's a big, that's a, it's a good sized dog. Weighed 130 pounds, 60 kilos. The wolf, which was named Le Lupe de Chessy, after the nearby Abbe de Chessy, so the Abbey of Deches was said to have been quite large for a wolf. Antoine officially stated, quote unquote, we declare by the present, well, should I do a horrible English accent? Nah, <laughs> nah, I think we're good on the bad French accents. I think we've met our quota and then <laughs> some. Beguet, okay, got it. <laughs> we declare by the present report signed from our hand, we never saw a big wolf that could be compared to this one. Hence, we believe this could be the fearsome beast that caused so much damage, end quote. The animal was further, was further identified. Further identified, or letting your, letting your hicks slip out. Yeah. As the culprit by several tax survivors who recognized the scars on its body inflicted by victims defending themselves. Among the identifiers were Marie-Jean and her sister. So, you know, close case, found it, culprit's dead, got it. After the report was written, Francois Antoine's, Antoine's son loaded the animal onto his horse and set off for Paris. At St. Fleur, Fleur? Fleur. Sure. He showed it to Monsieur de Montluc in Clermont-Ferrand, the base uh, where Captain Incompetence came, went back to. He had it stuffed. He left Clermont on September 27th and arrived at Versailles on October 1st, where he was hailed as a hero. The beast was exhibited in the Jardin des Rots, Meanwhile, Francois Antoine and his gamekeepers stayed in the Avaron woods to chase down the beast's female partner and her two grown pups. There's always, there's always the partner. There always a, there's always a bigger fish. Pretty much. The, those three uh, specimens were reported near the Abbey of Shah. I know I said that five different ways now. On October 19th, Antoine succeeded in killing the female wolf and a pup. Hmm. which uh, seemed already larger than its mother. Jeez. At the examination of the pup, it appeared to have a double set of dew claws, a hereditary malformation found in the Basrul or Boussaran dog breed. I'm looking what a Boussaran looks like. It's it, a large herding breed. Almost looks like a basically a French Rottweiler. Yeah. Rottweiler. It looks like a Rottweiler, but with longer legs. Yeah. 
Um, the other pup was shot and hit and was believed to have died while retreating between the rocks. Has a slightly longer snout, not nearly as square, but yeah. either way, very beautiful dog. Yeah. That's unfortunate, though. Antoine returned to Paris on November 3rd and received a large sum of money, over 9,000 livres, as well as fame, titles, awards, you know. The standard stuff for killing a mass-murdering ma- animal in old-timey France. Yep, hail the conquering hero. Oh, the French Libra. It's literally the pound. Was the, It's, uh, yeah, coins. I was going to say, what's the monetary transaction to American dollars now? Let me see what I can do. Libra to dollars. Okay. It's, oh, it's a one pound sterling. So you know, at the time, nine thousand dollars. Okay. Which back then, in, which back then in you know, medieval France, you know, seventeen uh, hundreds France, good chunk of money. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, nine thousand bucks nowadays isn't bad either. So story's done, right? right. Or is it? No, no. Just like Napoleon, it shall return. Just sweet Napoleon. <laughs> The month of November passed without any attack being reported. The populace dared to believe that Antoine had actually killed the beast. In a letter from November 26th, the syndic... The syndic? Yeah. Syndic Antoine Lafont affirmed to the intendant of Lagandor, we, are no, we no longer hear of anything relating to the beast. But quickly, rumors like a bad horror movie... Rumors spread of new attacks. Of course. Scream 47. <laughs> running out of ideas. <laughs> Towards Segua and Locre. On December 2nd, two boys aged 6 and 12 were further attacked, suggesting the beast had returned. Oh no. The beast tried to capture the youngest, but was successfully fought off by the older boy. Soon after successful attacks... Followed, and some of the shepherds witnessed that the beast showed no fear around cattle at all. <laughs> a dozen more deaths reported to have followed attacks near Abbasare Saint Marie. They just really thought the water was safe. <laughs> and this plays out like a horror movie and the immediate sequel. No kidding. Until Cause... the beginning of 1766, facts remained episodic. And no one knew if they were attributable to the beast or just to plain wolves. Yeah, no, like this is just, very much a lot of this is becoming hearsay real fast. Yeah. However, in a letter wrote to the intendant of Avion on January 1st, 1766, Monzo de Montbloc seemed convinced the beast had indeed reappeared. Uh-huh. The intendant alerted King Louis XV. King Louis didn't want to hear any more about that shit. I mean, I don't blame him. He's just, he's probably been inundated enough. He just yeah. goes, I give up. and just don't want to hear Sucker them anymore. Blue. Right now, uh, I have to deal with what is apparently these uh, peasants. They are trying to think of a revolution. I don't know nothing about it. I have nothing to hear. I'm, I, basically. Yeah. That's, not, that's not until my, uh, my successor. That's his issue, not mine. They miss these baguettes. Ugh. King Louis didn't want to hear anything about it. He basically, my, how'd you say it, arquebois? Uh, arquebus. The, arquebus. My arquebus has dealt with it. He's like, it's dead. It, I don't want anything it is more. It's done. 
it's Hear just no the, more of it. It's the it's the damn rural folk just being crazy. That's all it is. He was so annoyed with it. From then on, newspapers no longer reported any of the attacks. That sounds about right. Like I I I mean, if I had control of the media and be like, okay, enough of this. Yeah. And from, eh, never mind. In March 1766, not only did the attacks increase, they multiplied. Multiplied. Like what, split in two? All right. Uh, basically, a local gentleman now knew that their salvation would not come from the court, so they took up arms themselves. On March 24th, the particular particular estates of Gévaudon were held at Marvejet. A Téalophone and the young Marquette de Pacher, a local nobleman, recommended poisoning the corpses, corpses of dogs and carrying them to usual passages of the beast. So, poison corpses of dogs. Yep. I mean, if it gets results. Yeah. The latter, the local nobleman, Marquette de Pacher, did not seem to cover as much ground as before. Oh, no, hang on. Scratch that. That didn't make sense. The beast being the latter in this statement, but the latter did not seem to cover as much ground as before. It settled in Tremont, in the Tremont region, Montmachet, Montgrand, and Montchaval. Yeah, the Triple Mountains region is what that is. About 9.3 miles apart, 15 kilometers, give or take. Fair enough. Measures taken proved ineffective, small hunts were organized in vain, and the beast continued its attacks throughout 1766. But his mode of operation had changed. It seemed less enterprising, a little less uh, bold, and seemed a lot more cautious. Mm-hmm. That was backed up by various correspondence, including that of Canon Olier, parish priest of Larcher, and uh, et- to Eton Lafont. My goodness. I'm, yeah. So quite truly, this thing went from being just a bloodthirsty, crazy beast to, to smart. To smart, and that is dangerous it for went, anything. It went from the raptors in Jurassic Park to the raptors in Jurassic Park Three. Yep, it got smart. At the beginning of 1767, the, exper- the attacks experienced a slight dip, but they resumed in the spring. As would anyone that is in France in the winter. I wouldn't want to do shit either. Yeah, no, very much. I would be staying inside, yeah. hibernating anything just to stay warm. The populace no longer knew what to do except to pray, of course. I mean, that's what I tell some patrons at work sometimes. It's like, oh, got this card here. Hope and pray, hope and pray. That's all I got. Um, pilgrimage was... Pilgrimages were increasing mainly to Notre-Dame-de-Belle and Notre-Dame-de-Estaux. On June 18th, it was reported to the Marquet d'Apacher that the beast had been seen that day before in the parishes of Nozera and Dege. In the latter, in the village of Les Benares, it had allegedly killed 19-year-old Jeanne Bastide. Mm. So... It is playing like a typical horror, and like I said, horror movie tropes. Slight increase, and you know, it makes its appearance. It starts ramping up. Pinnacle Beast attack, final showdown, dips down, and it returns. It's like the Beast of Gévaudan, the return. The sequel. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Oui, oui. God. 
<laughs> I, I just want a hard cut to the middle of France. People in France with signs with our faces and, you know, the no smoking circle with a cross through it on our faces. Yeah. These people suck. That would be us. <laughs> hang the Americans. Please don't hang us. Please, no. Well, no, they wouldn't hang us. They made the guillotine. It was finally the final showdown. Not the final countdown. You <laughs> spooked my cats. The killing of the creature that eventually marked the end of the attacks is credited to a lo- local hunter named Jean Chassel. Jean Chastel. Who shot it at the slopes of Mont now called Le Songle de Rose. God, I suck at this. You're doing okay so far. Yeah. Like, I mean, during a hunt or- organized by the Mark. God damn it, Ted. Organized by the Marquette de Pescher on June 19, 1767. God, that's a freaking jump. In 1889, Abbot Parchois told the edifying oral tradition which said that the pious hero Chastel shot the creature after reciting his prayers, but the historical accounts do not report any such thing. The story about the large caliber bullets homemade with Virgin Mary's medals is a literary invention by the French writer Henri Perrault. Jean Chastel shot and killed the beast in the mountains June 19, 1767. It's over. It's done. But not. Oh, God. (laughs) We're returning for that shitty third movie no one watches and goes straight to DVD. The body was loaded onto a horse and brought to the Chateau de Besque of the Marquès d'Apachère, located in Charay, where it was necropsied by Dr. Bollinger, a surgeon at the Seguin. The doctor's post-mortem report was transcribed to the royal notary Rochantin Marine and is known as the Maran Marine Report on the Beast. The results of the examination were consistent with a large wolf or wolf dog, but the remains were incomplete by the time Boulanger acquired them, precluding conclusive identification of the animal. The beast was then exhibited at the chateau where the Marquet lavishly received crowds which thronged to see the remains. Numerous testimonies from victims of attacks enriched the report. The beast stayed in the Besque for a dozen days. I can imagine. The Basque. The Basque, yeah. I think it's the Basque. Uh, B-E-S-Q-E-U-E. B-E-S-Q- the Besque. The Besque. Yeah, because B-A is Basque. Yeah, and that's a region. <clears throat> so, it's in a chateau. It's in the Marquise's house, basically. Yes. You would think someone would probably have records of where the fuck they put the thing after they were done showing it off. Yeah, where'd it go? Like, do you think they would have it? Think they would have it like stuffed, ready to go? Just like, yep, I have it right here in my home. <sighs> <laughs> the Marquis de Apache instructed a servant named Gibert to take the beast to Versailles to show it to King Louis. Who is probably busy not dying yet? <laughs> well, I mean, if it's uh, Henry, if it's uh, Louis the Fifteenth, he's fine. Oh yeah, no, it was Sixteenth that paid for paid the price. Yeah, damn it, Gibert. According to a Norse tradition reported by Abbot Parchray and reported by several authors, Jean Chassel would have been on the trip, but Louis the Fifteenth would have disdainfully 
rejected him because the remains. Oh boy, this is gonna send horrible things up your nose. Because the remains summarily stuffed by an apothecary who had contented himself with replacing the entrails with straw gave off a stench that the heat made even more unbearable. Ew. Yeah. And I've smelled I've smelled putrefaction. Mm-hmm. And when you have putrefaction in the heat, mm-hmm. that's a whole other pile. This version of everything is called in question by the testimony of the servant of the Mar- Marquez de Beja collected in 1809. So, Gilbert, or it looks so close to Gilbert, yeah, Jaber it... finally arrived in Paris, went to stay at the Hotel Particulier of Mr. De La Rochevelle, to whom he at the same time gave a letter in which Mr. de Becher begged the Lord to inform the king of the happy deliverance of the monster. Chich. The king was at Copagne at the time, and according to the news he was told, he gave orders to Mr. de Buffonto to visit and examine this animal. The naturalist, Mr. de Buffonto, according to the naturalist, in spite of the dilapidation to which the worms had reduced it in the fall of all the hares, following the heat of the end of July and the beginning of August. Ew. In spite of still the bad odor which it gave off, after serious examination, judged that it was only a big wolf. As soon as naturalist de Buffon had made the examination of this animal, Guibert hastened to have it buried because of its great stench, and he said it had been so inconvenienced. He had been been so inconvenienced by it that he was sick and bedridden for more than 15 days in Paris. He suffered from this disease for more than six years and even attributed to this bad smell that he breathed for so long the poor health he was always he has always been burdened with since that time. Mm. So he stuck around a decaying corpse for so long he started getting sick. Shocker. Right. It emerges that Jean Sestel, the guy that killed it, because again, there are so many names being thrown here. Yeah. Did not accompany Jabert to Paris. Likewise, the servant never presented the remains of the beast to the court of Louis the Fifteenth. Nah, I mean, I would not want to present a decaying carcass to the court of the king either. Uh-huh. I found myself getting my head cut off for that. Right. Buffon left no document on this subject, neither kept in the collections of the Jean de, de Rue in Paris, nor buried in Marlay or Versailles. The beast was probably... Buried in the garden of the private mansion of Louis Alexandre de la Roffolle, a gentleman sharing a distant common ancestor with the Marquis de of Abachet. Mm-hmm. The hotel that Jabert stayed in, stayed in while he was getting after the whole incident. Yeah, um, was demolished in 1825. The attacks in Chevalon ceased immediately. Authorities of the diocese granted rewards to the hunters. Jean Chastel received 72 liveries on September 9th. Jean Therese received 78 liveries on September 17th. And all the hunters who accompanied them shared 312 liveries on May 3rd, 1768. Ah, damn. So, there is the story of the Beast of Javadon. The story is done. Yep. Now to get to the nitty-gritty, the facts of it. Yep. 
given everything that you've heard and what you knew of the Beasts of Zebedon, because I know it's not the first time you've heard of it. Yeah, no, in uh, in cryptozoological books and circles, it's usually one of the number one creatures talked about because it's just such a mystery to it. Yeah. Most of the prints from the 18th century, it looks like a giant fucking weasel. Like a weasely dog-looking yeah, creature. Yeah, a weasel thing. Because they didn't know how to really draw animals back then. Oh, God, no. That's going to be a subject that we're going to drink about later, I'm sure. Sure. But, yeah. The theory that I heard the most being thrown around when I did a little bit of reading and when I was, like, fanaticizing about this. Yeah. I can't remember if it was, like, a duke or a marquee or something. Marquis. Marquis. Some higher-up royal snob actually had pet hyenas on his grounds... And they escaped. Yeah, I've heard of that one. I've heard it was hyenas. I have heard that it was actually a wolf that had gone rabid. I have heard that it was, there's actually one where it was an escaped lion because Mm -hmm. of the way that, because of the way of the, uh, the way the tail is described. Yeah. But then looking at striped hyenas, it was a dead ringer. Oh yeah, no. Without a doubt. So. But the tail's the only issue because, I mean. They had tufts. The striped hyenas have tufts on the back of their tails. But they didn't it's have not a long. They didn't one. have a yeah. long tail. Yeah, but it was it was something. Something happened. There clearly. was a real creature that was absolutely yeah. causing problems for uh, this little region in this region in France. Yep, there absolutely was a problem. So, um, the autopsy, also known as the Marine Rapport. I'm just going to touch a little bit of the details of it. Yeah. It was actually rediscovered in 1952 by historian Elise Seguin. Um, provided precise information on this animal, which seemed to us to be a wolf, but extraordinary and very different by its figures and its proportions from the wolves that one sees in this country. So there is evidence that can be read and looked at describing the autopsy of this creature, which is a lot more than most people ever get. Yeah. The dental formula, or form layout formula, for this creature, the upper jaw consists of 20 teeth, um, which were 6 incisors, 2 canines, 12 molars. Lower jaw had 22 teeth, all of which pointed to a canid, a dog-ish yeah. creature. Also described all the wounds and scars... And then it has testimony from several people who recognized it. So you've got a detailed report with details of the creature, reports of the creature, wounds and scars. It's so cool to realize that this was an actual fucking animal and it's not hearsay. Yeah, there was something. They just didn't know what it was. I mean, could have been a mangy coyote for all we know. Yeah. No, no, that mangy wolf. Yeah. So. It's still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the biggest theories are the lion, wolf, a bear, rabid dog. And and hyena as well. Yeah, hyena. And that's the one I. Because, yeah, looking at a striped hyena and then looking at the description. Yeah. I mean, right there. Right fucking there, yeah. 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 That's. I think I like this one so much because it's historically notated that it happened. And there's evidence that it happened. 
It's just that we have a issue that we have issue with what the hell the creature was. We'd know that it was something. Yeah. They just don't know rightfully what it was. Yeah. Do we want to go on to the, uh, nah, we've got ourselves a good hour into this. Okay. I think we can save the, and so the other puppy for another day. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So I will probably just for sake of consistency, I will probably just be on a dog tangent for a few episodes and knock out, um, the next one, the Wisconsin guy. And then a couple others. That yeah. We'll... I'll, I'll touch base on like, you know, hellhounds maybe. That'd be cool. Or like Cerberus. Even. I mean, that's a fucking cool one to, to topic. What we could do. Yeah. But yeah. So the beast of Javadon, the beast of Guavadian. <laughs> Finally got that out again. All right. Yeah. That's probably my favorite one. Cause it's so well documented. Yeah. But yeah. So there we go. There's the beast of Javadon. Yep. And, uh, I am so sorry to our French population yep. for, uh, all of the yeah, and uh, <laughs> I forgot, and we forgot to mention at the top of the show because we just didn't, we just seem to do this a lot. Uh, this is right into the new year of twenty twenty four. Happy New episode. Year! Don't get murdered by dog. So happy New Year, indeed. We completely didn't do that. Next episode is episode twenty, Tony, and we know what that means: another serial killer. But in this case. It's not just one killer, but two. And there's going to be a whole lot of frontier justice. So things are going to get really crazy in our next episode. God damn it. Yep. Once again, everybody, thank you all for listening to Tall and Short with Tim and Tony. I'm Tony. And yep. I am Tim. You got Question it right on mark. that one. He's like, I'm, am I Tony? I'm having an existential crisis whether I am Tony or not. I can't tell anymore. I am Groot. Mm. Yep. So, uh, once again, thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did because this is one of my... This has been a, a very fascinating creature to me because, like you said, we have documentation that this thing did exist. Yeah, but and we, we just, rarely get that in the cryptozoological world. But we don't know for certain what the hell it was. And that's yeah. going to be the... That's what I, I think that's what gets everybody with the mystery of the Beast of Shabodan is they so, don't know what the hell it is. Last thing before we fully sign off. Yes. What do you think it was? I still think I'm I'm torn between either a mangy wolf or a or a, or a hyena, just based upon the stripes. I don't know if there's uh, some type of long-tailed version, or if it had like a ribbon or something on the end of it. I don't know. I lean towards hyena. I really do. I don't know why, but hyena just really pulls at me on that. It's just one of those is going to get us for a hot minute. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. But yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, please. Drop us a drop us a like, a review, a rating, everything. Hit that like and subscribe button. Yeah. And tell your friend, <laughs> tell your friends, and have your friends tell them, and so don't on. Don't tell your French friends though. Don't, nah, yeah, don't no. we, tell we, them we, about. We butcher the French. We're in this just one. gonna. It's yeah, bad. Just tell them to skip this episode. It's yeah, not but, good. Yeah, it's not word, good for their health. <laughs> word of mouth helps us out. Our logo is by my friend Brittany. Once again, want to thank her for that. If you'd like to follow us on socials, you can find us on Tall and Short Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can also email us at tallandshortpod at gmail.com. All of that is in the description notes. And we are on all the main thing, mainstream streaming Platform. things. All the platforms. Yeah. So we're good to go on that one. So You'll find us somewhere somehow. Yeah. I know it. I know you will. So you can do it. Thank you all for <laughs> listening. Hope you have an amazing day. And as always, stay tuned for more Tall and Short with Tim and Tony. Oui, oui. Bye. <laughs>